Notice CP501 is the IRS's first notice of a balance due. Now, this is a little bit confusing since the CP501 is actually not the first notice that the IRS typically sends you about a freshly assessed tax debt. That distinction belongs to the CP14 notice, and the CP501 notice typically comes about five weeks after the CP14 notice if you haven't responded to the CP14 notice. And if you don't respond to the CP501 notice within about five weeks, the IRS will typically send you the CP503 notice. You can see a sample CP501 notice right here on screen. In this video, I'm going to tell you why the IRS may have sent you a CP501 notice. Then I will go through this notice part by part so that you can understand the CP501 notice you received in the mail. And then later on in the video, I'll tell you exactly what to do if you have received a CP501 notice. So the most common situation in which the IRS will send you notice CP501 is when you filed your tax return for the year in question, but you did not pay in full the amount due indicated on the tax return, including penalties and interest, and the IRS sends you a CP14 notice that you did not respond to. However, there are other situations in which the IRS may send you a notice CP501. For example, if you filed your Form 1040 after the due date and paid the tax indicated on the return, you may think that you do not owe the IRS any money. However, because you filed your return and paid your taxes late, the IRS will likely have assessed both a failure to pay penalty and a failure to file penalty, thus creating a balance due. The IRS will likely also have charged interest to your account for the late payment. In this case, even though you paid to the IRS the liability indicated on your return, you may still have a balance due on your account for the year due to penalties and interest. Therefore, the IRS may have sent you a notice CP14 for the year, and now, about five weeks later, you're receiving the CP501. Finally, the IRS may have sent you a notice CP501 in error, such as if you pay the tax due on your return timely, but the IRS did not properly credit your payment to your account. All right, now let's walk through the CP501 part by part. So the first part of the CP501 notice is the billing summary. In this part of the notice, the IRS breaks down for you the total amount they believe you owe. This breakdown could include items such as your total tax liability as indicated on the tax return you filed or as corrected by the IRS. It could have payments and credits on your account for the tax year, which aren't on this particular sample notice. It could include penalties assessed by the IRS, such as the failure to file penalty, failure to pay penalty, or the failure to pay estimated tax penalty. And finally, the amount of interest the IRS has charged on your account for the year. Note that the penalties and interest amounts will increase the longer you delay taking care of the issue. The next part of CP501 notice is the part where the IRS tells you what they want you to do, and naturally the IRS wants you to pay the amount indicated on the notice, and they want you to do it within 10 days. So, you can see on the sample notice, the notice date was February 16th, and the deadline for when the IRS wants this individual to pay that debt is February 26th, that's 10 days. The IRS also mentions the possibilities of paying off your balance via an installment agreement. I have a whole video for you on IRS installment agreements. You can check that video out by clicking right up here at the top of the screen. The link is also in the description below. Next, the IRS tells you what they will do if you don't respond. Namely, they'll continue to charge you penalties and interest. They also let you know they may even file a notice of federal tax lien against you and may take forced collection activity against you, such as garnishing your wages and levying your bank account. After that, the IRS gives you a breakdown of how they calculated the penalties listed out in part one. In the sample notice, the taxpayer is only assessed the failure to pay penalty, which as it sounds is a penalty the IRS assesses when you fail to pay your taxes by their due date, generally April 15th of the following year for most individual taxpayers. The penalty is calculated as half a percent of the tax you owe per month or part of the month you have an outstanding balance up to a maximum 
maximum of 50 months. The failure to file penalty isn't on this particular notice, but that's the penalty the IRS assesses if you fail to file your return by the original due date of the return, or if you filed a valid extension of time to file your return by the extended due date of the return. This penalty is calculated as 5% of the tax due shown on the return per month or part of the month your return is late up to a maximum of five months. You may also see the estimated tax penalty on there as well. The IRS expects you to pay your tax liability in four equal installments throughout the year. These payments are known as your estimated tax payments. And if you don't pay any your taxes throughout the year, the IRS may impose a failure to pay proper estimated tax penalty on you. Next, the IRS gives some basic information on how to possibly contest the penalties you have been charged by the IRS. And last but not least, the IRS shares with you how it calculated your interest charges. The IRS interest rate on underpayments is adjusted quarterly. It is currently 7% as of the time of recording. All right, now that we've gone through the CP501 part by part, let's now talk about what you should do if you receive a CP501 notice. And this is just a quick summary. If you want more information on how to contest things with the IRS, be sure to watch my video, How to Fight the IRS and Win. Link to that video is up at the top of the screen and in the description below. But in summary, the first thing you should do when you receive a CP501 is you should check it for accuracy. It shouldn't be any surprise to you or any other American that the IRS makes mistakes from time to time. So be sure to review the IRS's calculations on the CP501 notice. Make sure everything looks accurate to you. If you find something you disagree with, take it up with the IRS. The CP501 notice itself provides you with the phone number you should call if you disagree with something in the notice. Obviously, getting through to the IRS right now is very difficult, so feel free to reach out to us at Choice Tax Relief at 866-8000-TAX. That's 866-8000-829. If you'd like us to investigate your case for you, our staff is on the phone with the IRS all day. Then, after you've checked the CP501 notice for accuracy and either one found it to be accurate or two corrected any inaccuracies with the IRS, you should at least try for penalty abatement. I plan on creating a video on penalty abatement very soon, explaining how to do that in detail. And then at this point, you and the IRS should be in agreement as to how much you owe, assuming there's still a balance remaining after you've taken these initial steps. So now you have to figure out how to deal with this balance. First, you probably want to determine if you qualify for an offer and compromise. This is an agreement with the IRS to settle your tax debt for less than you owe. I have created several videos on this channel about the Offer and Compromise program. If you don't know much about the Offer and Compromise, watch my video on Offer and Compromise Basics. Link to that video is at the top of the screen and in the description below. Now, if you don't qualify for an Offer and Compromise, you do have other options. One of those options is to obtain a temporary pause on having to pay the IRS what you owe based on hardship. This is known as currently non-collectible or CNC status. You have to qualify for it based on your financial situation. I have a video covering the basics of CNC as well. Link to that video is at the top of the screen and in the description below. Then of course you could set up an installment agreement with the government. Depending on how much you owe, there are some maybe not so obvious strategies here on say how to avoid a lien when getting an installment agreement. So keep that in mind. But if you don't qualify for an offer and compromise or CNC status, 
and the prospect of a of an installment agreement to fully pay your debt doesn't really uh, attract you unless it's a partial payment installment agreement where you actually end up paying the IRS less than you owe. I do talk about those in my installment agreement video. But if none of those options will work for you, then really you will need to pay off your balance in full to avoid the future accrual of penalties and interests and possibly forced collection activity by the IRS. You can pay online at irs.gov payments. You can also send in a check with the voucher found at the bottom of the first page of the CP501 itself. But if you don't do anything and you go long enough without dealing with this issue and without addressing it, the IRS will eventually start taking forced collection activity against you through wage garnishments, bank levies, things like that. I don't want that to happen to you. If you have found yourself at the mercy of the IRS on the opposite end of a CP501 and you would like a professional in your corner, please give us a call here at my company, Choice Tax Relief. That's 866-8000-TAX, 866-8000-829, or visit us at choicetaxrelief.com where you can book a free consultation. I also have some more tax relief videos for you to watch here on the left side of your screen if you'd like to learn more about this stuff because this stuff is definitely not common knowledge. I also have a free report for you to download. You can click the button right below my face here. It's a report on seven tax secrets the IRS doesn't want you to know. A lot of fun stuff for you to absorb here even at the end of this video. Thank you for watching, folks. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.